the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, I am Amy Dumas. Renee is currently at this very moment having a baby, so I am taking over oral sessions this week. And I brought my friend, like my friend as of a couple minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is our first like real life interaction. But it also, did start with a hug, to be fair. I'm glad with that. Nowadays, I'm like, I don't know who wants to be hugged or not. So I kind of like, I'm asking the question. So when we open with a hug, I know we're going to be good. But also like, I feel like we've digitally been figuring each other out for a minute because... Sure. You know Zeki and you know Pollo Del Mar and and but this is these are all Twitch connections, which is beautiful because like we're all on Twitch trying to entertain these people and we're all helping each other out and giving each other ideas and showing each other show stuff and it's very cool and helpful. Yeah, so I just started doing Twitch and then I saw Zeki, which led me to Effie, which led me to Pollo, and uh, yeah, I'm it's kind of turning my my whole vibe around on what I feel like the internet presence is because everyone's pretty nice. They are pretty nice. And I've got good moderators for the people who aren't nice. They are immediately removed. And I love One that. One strike and you're gone. Yeah. Like some people would call that a confirmation bias, but in truth, like my people come to my zone to feel a certain way and to have a, not a necessarily a safety net, but like, we're trying to be like-minded humans in this room. Don't come in here with that nonsense. That's what my Instagram posts are for. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave those comments. I reply to those just so they know I've seen it. I've acknowledged it and I'll leave it there for the rest of the world to see. First, I didn't used to erase them because I'm like, I'm too important to even see your comments. Right. Like I want no acknowledgement to you. But then I just started going, no, these are my pictures and my moments. So I do want to keep them up there, but I don't want trash under there. So I just simply delete them. And depending on how hateful it is, I will ban them. But I know that they like that. They do like that because they're like, oh, I've seen accounts on Twitter. They're like banned by. Yeah. And it's like their bio. And you're like, how do you, how do you do this? But I sort of think of it like now that you've explained it that way, like when you have your wedding book at the reception and everybody's signing, like you don't want someone to be up there like Chris is so mean. I hate him on your wedding day. You want the celebration. So you're right. Maybe I should start editing them. But it gives me witty moments where I could just be like, look at what you've done. Then you have a child. The man with the mic never loses. Like it's, true. And that's, it's like my Instagram profile, like I'm on stage, like you will not win this one, but go ahead if you want. I love that. Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why? Do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dumb-dumb like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. I don't feel like I did a proper introduction. It's okay. I just I, jumped I mean, like, right in. I also, I never do a proper introduction. So like with wrestling, we got to a point where everyone had 400 nicknames and they had their height and their weight and oh, they do jujitsu and to say everything. So in my opinion, since Elvis sort of stole everything from everyone, I can steal from Elvis. I only let anyone ever say, this is Effie. That's it. Because in my opinion, like now the work is on me to give everyone a chance to figure it out. Like every night, maybe I'm a little different than what you thought. And your perception of me is correct because all I gave you was this is Effie. You know, I didn't promise anything beyond that. And you get to decide. So I, I like the fun of that sort of introduction versus like, do you know everybody that hates me? So you're currently on the Indies. That means you're wrestling anywhere. Anywhere. You pick up the phone. You're like, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I remember I had, we had a saying that at the crew that I traveled with on the Indies, bell to bell, if I can get there, I'll take the booking. Oh, you know? absolutely. So you're everywhere. Do you kind of morph 
what you're going to present to the, depending on the crowd, or are you just like, you're, you're going to morph <laughs> based on what I do? Yeah. I've explained this in a way where I hope it doesn't sound unprofessional, but I'm a, I'm an emotional wrestler, which is probably why like, I'm in love with just the sport and art of the whole thing. And I don't like the the little lines in between. And in my head, if it gets over in that ring, if it's safe, if the fans enjoyed it, like that's good wrestling to me. So whatever I'm feeling that day, like that's what you're going to get. And sometimes I'm like rolling into the room and I'm like, I'm going to do crazy bumps and stunts. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm going to make them just as excited doing the goofiest little comedy spots of all, but you're still getting Effie. And it's, I feel like there's such an authenticity to that. Instead of being like, well, you know, every night, this is what Effie does. Uh, Effie sort of whatever Effie is, and people are like, your character is so good. And I'm like, girl, the time I'm in character is when I'm like having to go to Publix and go to the grocery store. <laughs> this is the ultimate freedom. And I don't want promoters to be ever disappointed. So when I say that, it's not like, oh, you're going to get moody if he's not putting in the work. Like, I'm going to give you all of myself that day. If you are bringing me in and trusting me with a spot at your company, but it's going to be the all of myself that I'm choosing to give. Mm -hmm. And it differs, but people seem to still be excited. So you're calling the shots. Like I always call the shots. I, I love that because I was the flip side of that where... I come out, do just kind of some opening spots, some like they're like testers. Like, right. like, are you on fire tonight? Do you, what do you want to see? Like wrestling showmanship? Like, what do you want to see? Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm talking house shows, you know, oh, of but course, like of course. then, and then have a conversation with whoever to be like, it's going to be one of these kind of nights. Um, yeah. But with the house show thing, I think that's like, that's like the core of wrestling. Like, it's troublesome for me to try to sit through a full television wrestling program. But whenever I see that there's going to be a house show nearby, like for me to go sit in section 207 and watch from above and just watch house show wrestling of wrestlers sort of like having more of those riff moments, like I get so much more excited about those main events because I'm like, everybody's looser tonight. Everybody's letting themselves show off what they do and they're feeling it out and they're playing to this room. Yeah, They don't have to play to the millions and billions. They're playing to me in this room. Or, yeah, or to push a storyline forward or to go, we've got eight minutes till this sponsor that gives a zillion dollars has to get their spot in. And like, so it needs to hit that mark as opposed to a 10 minute match on a house show could go eight minutes or 12 minutes and like everyone's fine. Right, right. We're still going to get out of here in time. You know, let, let them go. Let them go. It's seeing those main event guys, like not main event, like main event of the show, like main event, like the show they put on the internet. Seeing those guys get like 15 to 18 minutes, you're like, oh, wow, they're all way more proficient than you would guess because they're only given these three-minute, four-minute squash situations. Yeah, I mean, I'll say for the most part, like my house show memories are like, I have pure joy. That makes me happy. At least like you're remembering it positively because it seems like they're having fun. Like, I get like yeah, I don't want you to feel that you were bamboozled. Like, I think yeah, the joy like that you're about, seeing. Oh, and, on TV. Yeah, yeah. And like one thing, I mean, during Stone Cold time, like we would just be clamoring in the back to run out at the end of the night and get stunned. Like we'd have uh, our bags by the door. We're yep. like, let me in coach and go get stunned. And it was like, that's like that you're riding that high all the way to Valparaiso. Yeah, you get to go <laughs> take one go. bump for the biggest pop of the night. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, I mean, you're you're creating those moments every night when you're, you get to call your shots. Yeah. I like to tell people um, I don't feel comfortable in a leash. Like I'm pretty kinky, but I don't like leashes. And there's a lot of cats who really like leashes. Like they like to have exact directions and told what to do. And I just want to wrestle. I don't care if I'm thinking of it or not. And I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. One of the main things I love about wrestling, there's so much, but is I love that no two days are ever the same. Right. And so I love that. And especially because like, if it also, if it sucks, don't worry. Like tomorrow will be totally different. Yeah. Aren't you booked next weekend? That's what I said to a guy. He was like, those fans are me and the spots and work. I go, aren't you booked next weekend? Like there's more opportunity. This is going to get big brain for a second, but like Shakespeare wrote a lot of plays and I love Cirque du Soleil and they've done a lot of different shows and even Broadway theater. Like it's, there's something live and magic, but they do the same thing every night. They've practiced a lot in my situation. And in your situation, we're a lot of times meeting up with people and coming up with things. And when you really look at it as what it is, which is stage acting, when we think about the prolific nature of the amount of 
and people will hate this, the amount of one act plays that you have co-written on the fly with people, we don't often think back and think, oh, I've written hundreds of plays. You did though, and you wrote many different ones and they have the same similar tropes. And you could tell that Amy wrote that play. You could tell that she was involved with that because your print is all over it. But we don't often think like, like I'm sure the Undertaker's not like, think of all the dramatic moments I've created, but maybe he is. Mm-hmm. And having that mindset of wrestling is not wrong anymore. We're not the underground redneck trash sport. There's a higher level of fan and a higher level of expectation. And we've attracted that by sort of forcing it on the table and saying, here's what we think wrestling is. If you like it, come along. And they go, damn, that's pretty fun. Tell me this, because you said like you'll be working on indie shows oftentimes with people you may not have much experience with, you may not know. Yeah. Talk to me about somebody being in the back and they're like, yeah, 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 totally. I do this. I do this. And you're like, they seem super confident and very aware. I'm going to go with this. And then they are a different animal out there. (laughs) So I'm going to do a little roundabout on this. But, you know, I started wrestling in the South, which was like, Alabama, North Florida, Georgia, you know, even South Carolina. And in those audiences, they're very unpredictable audiences and they're very mean and loud sometimes. And it really forced me to learn to think on my feet so fast, which now that I'm being given more opportunities, that ability to think on my feet is great. So what I'm getting to is I call two matches. I call the match that we discuss, mm-hmm. and then I call the match in my head of here's where this is not going to be right and what I'm going to do instead. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm going to stick to my exact ideas, but the fact that I've already said to myself, I'm going to go ahead and trust this person. But if they don't, I'm not going to look like a fool for not knowing what's going on here. And that think on your feet thing, uh, it helps out so much. And I did a match one time where I got to the venue late and, you know, the guy was pretty new. I was like, tell me the things you do. Like, I'm going to work heat on you. We'll be fine. Got to the back. He was like, oh, that was incredible. That was so much fun. And I was like, brother, that was wrestling. (laughs) That was wrestling. And I hope everyone who jumps into the ring and says, I want to take a bump. I want to run the ropes. Like, I hope they find that point in themselves where they go like, I feel comfortable just walking out there now. I know what you do. You know what I do. Let's see what happens. There's real magic in there. There's obviously bigger risk, but there's also magic in there. Yeah. So I have a phrase with my friends that's a paddle smarter, not harder. Like it's it's in regards to surfing, right? It's easier to just feel all of your elements around. But um, when a wrestler is new, they have such a reluctance to it because they feel safer planning everything out. And then they're doing more like, a Broadway show where they've rehearsed something, right. whether it's in their mind or whether it's in a ring a hundred times as opposed to feeling. And so when people go surf lessons and they're like, I stood up and I'm like, yeah, great. But like an instructor pushed you into a wave and told you to stand up. Yep, but there are the so right many spot. elements that you have to like, look at the wave, see the peak, like time it out. Right. No one to turn around, no one to paddle. Like there's so many elements that standing is only one. So it was like, no, like when you say like that's wrestling, yeah, like yeah. when you can, you can just adjust put the board and, in, yeah. feel it, and you go, I'm not taking that one. I know that one wasn't right. Like it's good. That's mm-hmm. fantastic to me. You feel it, right? Oh, like, you, you know if you it. can wrestle versus if you think you can wrestle. Yeah, and I love the the last thing I want to say when I see a professional wrestling spot is they really rehearse that well. <laughs> yeah. Like that's great, and as someone who is in a backstage position, it's great to go, oh, okay, that is done well, good job, boys. But when I'm going like, wow, everyone really made every single mark on that, I'm like, at the end of the day, the core of this is we're simulating a fight. I can be goofy, I can be silly because that's who I am, but when I turn it on and when I get there and when I go nuts... I am in a fight. And so when things feel a little off, when things feel a little sketchy, when you don't know what's happening, like we still can find those moments in wrestling, but not if we're predicting every single part of it. We have to we have to sort of trust ourselves to have that looseness to go, yeah, this is going to sound silly and this is going to sound stupid, but it's going to work and here's why. And then showing that, oh, I would have never done that in wrestling. I'll use this for example. We did a 24-hour wrestling show recently for GCW. And it was during the pandemic, closed set to raise money for the wrestlers. And what was cool about it is they raised $54,000, Game Changer Wrestling. And it was split literally evenly amongst contract guys, amongst just starting in the indies, amongst... And the spirit of, hey, everybody is worth the same here to get their show done is great. 
But 24 hours of wrestling, and a lot of the fans are marathoning it, you have to sort of throw exclamation points in there to make sure that people are paying attention still. It's not just, is that another hip toss? Is that another international? Oh, a frog splash. So I told Billy Dixon, I said, Billy, throw me down the stairs. He goes, what? There's a staircase in this building. I go, just get me to the top, kick me, toss me down the stairs. And he was like, that's very dangerous. I was like, I know, but I love Buster Keaton. Let's see if it happens. And all of a sudden, it's 11 a.m. The show's been on for 12 hours, and people are freaking out. They're like, whoa, he fell down the stairs. You know, 10 hours before, I'm fighting Homicide, who is, you know, an indie legend, Ring of Honor, you know, a guy who was stabbing me with a fork. I'm doing commentary at 5 in the morning. It's not surprising that Effie would fall down the stairs being that tired and exhausted. But also, is he messing with us here? And those little grabs of everybody going, I know wrestling, I want wrestling, and having those little exclamation points that are sort of out of nowhere and not necessarily wrestling, but I'm using the same skills and techniques. That's where the future of this is going is sort of those hidden things of, I can't believe what I'm even seeing right now. I did a, a cage match with Victoria and I had a spot where I was like, I'll go like I'm climbing up, but I'll trip. Because it was into the match and you you would, right? right You're tired right. and this. And then all I saw was it was sloppy. She does it. I'm like, I got you. Like, I got you. Yeah. It's you you think you're so smart. Yeah. I just want to say Victoria is one of my favorites. I met her at an independent wrestling show. Mm -hmm. Like we just had seats next to each other at one of the PWG oh, wow. events. She was like, Are you a worker? And like we started talking and she was like, How are you not a baby face? I was like, Well, I live in North Florida. That's why I'm not a baby face, but we stayed connected and we even like did a short film together recently. And that's sort of that thing I was saying about earlier is like, there seems to be a shift amongst the veterans in this business of wanting to help out and give that positive feedback and like not sharing the piece of the pie necessarily, but like, Hey honey, we've got an oven. I baked all sorts of pies. Come look at how many pies you could pick from. And she's always been so magical. I just I had to I heard her name. Yeah, no, she's so supportive and loves wrestling. Yes. You know, after all of these years. And and I, you know, you've got to love that about her it's, for sure. It's so cool. It's great. And she's still like she has an age. It's incredible. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA InPlay turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA InPlay, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use, and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to, because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. Talk to me about growing up in Florida and in the South and oh wait, not so much as it relates to wrestling, but as it relates to who you are. Yeah. Well, like as a human being, I moved a lot as a child and my dad worked for a major box retail and was pretty good at his job. So every couple of years when a store is in trouble, he's moving. So from my birth to when I graduated high school, I moved, I think, six times from North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, like all over the place. And then in but my in adult the southeast. life, all in the South. Yeah. I've never not lived in the Southeast. And I've thought about like, it's confusing because politically, it's not somewhere that's ever agreed with me. But I think there's but your sort vote of, counts more. My vote counts way more. I joked the other day, I was like, girl, I moved to Georgia and it turned blue. Hmm, <laughs> I don't know. But being in that environment, and both of my parents are very religious, and their parents were in the church. Like both of my grandpas were preachers, Methodists, and Baptists. And so being in this environment of I'm always moving around, I'm sort of not really understanding their religious ideals. I'm sort of not fitting into them. And I always have to fit in where I'm at. You have to forcibly be egregious and polite in situations, and you're not going to fit in if you don't. So I'm still in the South now. Like I turned 31 yesterday and people are like, why do you say that? Why don't you go to Chicago? You love it. Why don't you go to California? And I think there's like a little bit of a crust on me. That's like, if I leave here, 
I won't get to sort of like fight the things I hate anymore. And if I leave here, I won't have all this food and I'm obsessed with the food here. But it's being so great sort of though, point, but like, I feel like Atlanta specifically, it's like, I mean, my most artistic, liberal-minded friends yes. are ITP. That's inside the perimeter. Inside and stay inside the perimeter, honey. I've always joked. They're like, "Isn't Georgia?" And I'm like, "Well, Georgia's white and racist, but thank God, Atlanta is very black and very gay, and we celebrate that here, and we need that here." So it has changed a lot, and it's magical. Were you older when you first came out, or I did not come out until I got sober at the age of 23, which is when I started wrestling. I'm going to tell you this story briefly, and you're not really going to believe it, but it's true. Uh, I graduated college with a public relations degree. I minored in IT or something stupid for the something sensible. Sensible. I built a computer. I learned Excel, and I had been working in moving companies since I was 16. Like every summer, it was moving companies. It was make your own money. My dad was like, "I'm not paying for your booze. Make your own money." And I was like, "Cool, fine." And I would work at these companies. And I graduated. I have no job. I've been playing in bands. There's no money in that. I'll go run a moving company. So I was offered a position to be an operations manager for this company. I was quickly moved to the GM. I'm living alone in Tallahassee, Florida. I have very much filled my expendable income. I can buy any drug I want in a college town. I can buy any booze I want in a college town. And I messed up and took like eight hits of LSD and tripped so long that like I ended up in rehab and I was like, all right, I'm clean. Clearly I'm running. Yeah, like I just got uncomfortable thinking about eight hits. Oh, it was. <laughs> To the point where like my job drug tested me after I came out and I'd sweated out so much and been so crazy that there was nothing in my system. And from that point, I was like, well, okay, I'm 23. I have nothing really lined up besides work for this company. And I remembered meeting this guy at an NXT house show named White Trash Fred. His real name is Steve Hedrick, but his gimmick is White Trash Fred. And he helped me get my car started. And he signed an 8x10 and it's him, White Trash Fred, WTF, says, follow your dreams. And I remembered back to this and I was like, I'm looking him up on Facebook. I have to just be a wrestler. I have nothing going on. I'm sober. But you love wrestling already. Like, oh, like my dad loved showing me wrestling growing up, but he never filled me in. It was always Crockett, NWA. He wasn't watching the WWF. He's a WCW guy. He was a flair, totally sure, sure. horseman guy. Yeah. But he would never fill me in on the work. And that's what kept me so intrigued because I had to go in and kind of figure it out for myself and go, where are these people coming from? Is there a factory? Is there this? And I'm sort of going, you know what? Like, I need to do something. I was bowling a lot then getting sober and I'm just throwing the ball, like not trying to win, but just like, I'll throw something. And I went out and I was like, train me. And I would drive an hour and a half to his field with a ring in it. It's a hundred degrees outside of Florida. And we would train all weekend and I would drive home and I give him 40 bucks every week. Just please keep training me. Please keep teaching me. And I hit a certain point. And I was like, well, I don't know what else I'm going to learn here. I better figure this out. And I started using my PR skill to sort of like BS my way into bookings. Mm -hmm. And my personality for music and just personality of just always being a crazy party starter, call it like my college friends are like, no one's surprised. You're wild. You've always mm -hmm. been wild. But now with this new path of like, all right, well, I'm not drinking and running every weekend. I'm not doing these drugs. What do I do? Well, falling on the ground and performing and being wild, I was like, whoa, it's everything I like about theater and stand-up and there's the music and the showmanship and also just feeling pain and knowing I was real after that craziness was so important. And as I started just like trusting myself and getting into these environments and like, when you come in when you're 16, 17 into wrestling or 18, you're a kid. You haven't had jobs. You haven't done anything. Yeah. But I've like lived a life at 23. And so I'm walking into locker rooms. I'm like, that's poor business practice. That doesn't make sense. That seems like gaslighting. That's a problem. And the fans were loving me so much that even though backstage, I'm like literally stirring up shit wherever I go, they can't get rid of me. And there sort of started to be this magic of like, he's going to do what he wants. He's going to go where he wants. And even in those small shows, like I'm not even talking about now, like, oh, GCW, big show, he does what he wants. Like, I've been doing whatever I want since 2014, 2015. I worked at a church show one time and they told me to tone it down. They said, could you tone the gay down? I said, oh, definitely. <laughs> and I went out there and just started running my mouth and saying crazy. They put the belt on me the next month because it was too over. Mm -hmm. So learning to trust myself and learning like, hey, all these people are going to give you boundaries. And you've learned this along the line of like, the reason they give you boundaries most of the time is not necessarily so that you do better, but so that you don't do as good as them. And when cats start to wake up and realize they might have been given bad advice, they sort of start to turn to my team. And I like to consider myself in the indie world like 
a weird secondary education of like, girl, I'm not going to TV. I'm not going to the Fed. I'm not going to work for Cody. I'm not doing it. I have a different plot, a different path. And I see wrestling in a different direction. Having that second opinion of like, hey, this guy's saying the opposite of everything everyone else has been telling us. I'm not saying follow my path directly, but I'll show you my tax returns and we can talk. You know, it's that sort of like, I have a confidence now that's been built because trusting myself has given me sort of every single thing I have. Why do you think it is then? So like, I hear a version of this with like lots of successful people on the indies, whether they ha- have had a stint at a bigger company or not, then that offer inevitably comes around and then they sign. I get it too, that like the hustle is hard. Yeah. Like, it, like there are like, it's on you. No one's like handing you a paycheck. You got to go get that paycheck, right. Right. but there's also freedom in that. And there's all of the benefits that you just said. Do you feel like it's, Somebody, they're just like, you know what? I'm just, I want to not hustle for a minute. Or is there the, yeah. the approval or what, 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 what makes all these people that are already doing it as their own boss? I don't know if it's give in or decide to take this other path, but they've inevitably on the record somewhere trashed. Right. And then signed right away. Yeah. I always think of like, I think wrestlers work themselves by going, I only want to be a wrestler. I only want to wrestle. Well, darling, you're literally in the wrong business. Mm-hmm. You know, Vince said it himself. He's like, we're making movies. Yeah. And if that's the guy with the most money in wrestling, he's probably telling you the truth. And so these guys that come in and I love bringing those real jujitsu and MMA and uh, karate backgrounds in. But for you to come in with that mentality of like, I'm supposed to be here for my fight, like you're McGregor and you're going to be done in three minutes. It's foolish because we are in the entertainment business. And because wrestling has always relied a little bit on the backstage narrative and it's always given into that, is it real or is it not? Because it helps us like a lot of these cats sort of got lost in the sauce. And instead of thinking about, oh, I, I got to do well in the Indies because it impresses fans who pay money and paid a full price to see me. It's sort of, well, who from the Fed might see this footage and who might do this? And so while they're talking a big indie game, they're literally waiting for that phone call. Where I'm at now, and I'm very pointy about it, I often say I'm pointy, is I can't change any company, but I can make it more difficult for you to make that decision. And so by providing these like, Twitch paths or providing new merchandising paths or providing new ways to connect with people and new ways to give back to fans and show your supporters, you know, you're looking out for them and you want the best for them. There are ways that we can be more than just the 10 minutes we're in the ring and giving those fans more to come back to is going to expand what they want to give to us. And instead of saying, Hey, I got to get that contract within a year. My knees are already hurting. Why aren't we looking and going, hey, if we promoted in this town of 400,000 people, we actually probably could get 1,000 people in this room instead of 70 because we only told people on Twitter our show was happening. There's a backwards mentality right now where people go, I need the clout rub of a company to give me money. And they know that now. And so they're giving them less and less and less and less. And this is verifiable. Like I talk to everyone. I know this fact. I don't want any heat here, but I do just want to push the positive of like with the internet, with the distribution, with what I've been able to do, I am telling you there is no ceiling. And if you watch me and at least give me a little bit of trust, you don't have to do exactly what I do, but I want to at least show you these opportunities to where when they go, Hey, you want your superstar contract? Here you come, you can come down. And it's you know, 30, 40 K for a year. And we're not going to pay for your apartment. And you're going, I'm achieving the dream. I have a contract. I am on the same name of the television show, but I'm making, you know, 400,000 less than what someone in 95 would have been paid or a hundred thousand less than what someone in 2005 would have paid. We have these rose colored glasses of, well, okay, now I'm here. I made it. I'm a TV superstar in wrestling. That's what you do without going like, when was the last time you physically paid for or watched cable? Ask yourself that as a human. It doesn't happen anymore. No one acknowledges the shift yet. And wrestling likes when they figure out that something works because they go, that's the way it's done. And I go, well, yeah, it does work. But also like how lazy to pick one way and think that's forever. When you started wrestling, the internet was already a thing. You know, like as far as a way to connect, to put your stuff out there. Um, 
And you had mentioned, yeah, if your knees are hurt because you're a brand, if you will, as right. I puke while I say that word, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, so yes, you can, you can be sore or recovering. And I mean, just notably, not only your merch and your like wrestling is gay, like that yeah. whole, like side brand that is taking on, but then Twitch has Twitch. been huge, right? Yeah, it is huge. Uh, because I'm connecting in an honest way with fans and I'm not giving them everything. Like I've sort of said to Russell before, you know, the idea is like turn yourself to 11, but a lot of these guys turn every part of themselves to 11. Like the part where they're complaining about, they can't like pay for their alternator or the part where like they're complaining about the promoter, like all of that's turned to 11 and not all of that is why people are coming to you. Yeah. But when they come to me on Twitch, they're getting a version of me that's like, Here's what really happened this weekend. I know y'all saw the show, but here's what really was going on. And here's really the vibe. And, you know, it sucks to admit this, but there is a new kayfabe to it of 99% of the time you're getting 100% from me. That's just honest me talking. I'm tired on Mondays when I do my main show. But I'm also able to kind of secretly work some things in there and create more tensions and give people a look at like what wrestling can look like outside of it. And they put me on a front page show. They said, hey, people really love wrestling here. And I won't go into the drama of it, but there's a reason why the independent unsigned wrestler was left on Twitch and a lot of other people were not allowed to be there. And Twitch came to me and said, and came to Zicky as well and said, the retention, the activity that we are seeing from professional wrestling being hosted by professional wrestlers or just the conversations with you is so much higher than a lot of our other content. We want to see how people react to this. And as more people were exposed to it, you realize that when we're in the indie world, oh, it's the only thing we think about. And it's wrestling all the time. And that's what I'm doing for the next seven months. I know every weekend where I'm going to be. But these people are going, wait a second. This looks a little bit like what I thought wrestling was. But this is a whole nother version of wrestling. And there's, there's, there's so many different personalities and people that we haven't necessarily seen in mainstream before that they sort of get addicted to it. And there's sort of the unpredictability and the openness of wrestling where like, I feel like in indie wrestling, they will always at least give something a chance. They may hate it after a minute, yeah. but they're always open to say, this may be the next big thing that takes the whole wrestling world for five years. We don't know. Or it may be something we dislike intensely, but they're at least going to give it a shot. And that to me is magic to put all these weird things in front of people who've never even watched independent wrestling. And they're like, oh, this is just as entertaining as anything I've seen before. Talk to me about when you're talking about so many things coming together. I've seen you play uh, Fest Wrestling before. Yes. Talking about, like, I love, first of all, Fest. I love Fest. I'm and upset. I'm so happy it's back this year. So being in Atlanta, I didn't go because I'm like, well, this was outside the radius where, like, bands could play. You know, like, they couldn't play a neighboring city. I'm like, we get most of the big bands either right. on the way down or the way up. And it was usually Halloween weekend where I was like, no, I've got costumes to be yeah, in. I've yeah. got like stuff happening. But I went and I was like, oh, I've been missing out. And it was just so fun. But I love the convergence of comedy, musicians, and wrestlers because we are literally the same. Like we're uh, all like cut from the same cloth. Yes. We've combined the like I'm sure you saw in those shows, like especially on the actual fest weekend, like fest wrestling continued running throughout the year, you know, doing sort of bi-monthly shows. But these main fest weekends, even seeing who's paying attention, who's backstage, who's playing in the same room as you, you know, seeing Chris Gethard jump in a battle royal, you're like, this is such an insane version of wrestling. And I really think it's because Tony, who runs fast, he's sort of like, there are a lot of things I like about wrestling. There are a lot of things I don't. I'm not a wrestling person. I'm trusting the wrestlers. And I hope it's cool. Make the show cool. And when you have someone who's just like, look around you at the people that are here, look at the punk audiences, look at the punk bands, do the thing that would make them go the craziest. That's the best direction anyone can give you. Cause he's saying, Oh, I know you're trained to be a wrestler and trained to entertain. Could y'all just do the best version of that? That's crazy. Oh, what do you need? You need some doors. You need some fire. You need some crazy stuff. The trust level of like, Oh, I don't care if you're sticking to the, to what wrestling should be. I want these people to leave and say, this was the coolest thing they'd ever seen. That's a motivator as a performer to be given that because I was bringing that like, don't give a crap attitude, not like don't give a crap like I don't love it, but don't give a crap like I'm me. And if you're not 100% with it, like I know I'm good and I vibe. But once I got in that pro wrestling, that fest sort of atmosphere, I trusted myself even 100 times more. 
because I was going, you know, I bet that would be crazy. And then you get the chance to try it and you go, oh, it worked the way I thought it would. And I wouldn't have been given that chance in a more constrictive locker room where someone would be like, well, no, because I saw in 97 that Johnny did it. It didn't work then. And you're like, and it did. So self-trust, fast wrestling really built that in me. And I do think kind of like what you were saying with Twitch about because people are there just for a music fest and they're like, oh, air conditioning or <laughs> whatever. They're like, oh, I'm going to go in this building. Yeah, inside, I yeah. think there's wrestling or something and and then end up staying and just having a great time. I love that. Um, basically watching like an outsider. Yeah. Like, just get hooked and be like, like just to see their smile or like wide eyed, like what is happening? I don't know, but I love it. Um, and we got to see how many stuck with us, you know, and it, a lot of people travel in for fest, but there's a lot of Gainesville and Florida locals as well. So they'd come in and you'd hear at the big fest and be like, oh, this is my first wrestling show. I had no idea. And then you're still seeing them a year or two later and they're still coming around because there's nothing like it around them where they can get it, where they're even going to some of these house shows or some of these WWE shows. And they're going like, yeah, I mean, I like both, but like, this is not, it's not a comparable thing it's not. of the environment of if you love punk music and that crazy and the mosh pit and the wild, this is that version of wrestling. Punk rock vaudeville, like, yes, sign me up. <laughs> like, um, I loved like Lucha Baboon. Oh, is, yes. I'm like, just like, you're, you're kind of like when you're in on the kitsch part, part of it. And I want more burlesque and more dragon wrestling. Also cut from the same cloth. Exactly. Right? Like why are there more crossover acts? We talked a little about Pollo Del Mar, but like the most fascinating thing was for me was I was like, please come host my show in Florida. You're incredible. And seeing how much she brought of herself to the show, but it never took away from her job as an announcer and an MC. And the importance was always still on. She is so amazed by these performers and so excited to be announcing them. People in the audience feel that energy. And instead of going, well, wrestling's always been announced by a white man, clean shaven in a suit in the middle of the ring. Maybe one time a woman can do it. We're going, you know, the best person to get our crowd wild and ready for us is a beautiful, entertaining drag queen who is here to get people excited. And the amount of compliments she was getting from other wrestlers and other shows that are very heteronormative things, I think really inspired her too. And I, that's the position I want to be in is like, Hey, if you're good at the job, I want you in here. It's, we need more drag and burlesque and these outside performers who break up the stagnation of like nine, 20 minute matches in a row. Like how many Fujiwaras can I watch? I don't know. And people demand a little more authenticity these days. Like we've all been through enough BS. We're all a little more apathetic than we were a few years ago. And like, if we don't feel authenticity, we move on. I felt that from a lot of people, not just in wrestling. And so we have sort of a responsibility now that if we want to grow and keep making money and keep being entertainers, we've got to give the show, but also kind of come with an honest face about what we're doing. People don't want to be schemed. They want to be worked. They don't want to be schemed. And there's a difference there. And, and you're allowed to be authentic in yourself and still be a performer. If there's anything that shouldn't be defined, it's wrestling, right? There's so many aspects. And and so for someone to go, well, that doesn't go there. It's like, no, any anything. Like, we're the black sheep of entertainment. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, so come one, come all of the black sheep of yeah. entertainment. Um, and the, like, the more spices make it, you know. Make it fantastic. And then as a wrestler, I'm always surprised because when I see something new and different and strange to wrestling, my first thought is, oh, I can't wait to get in the ring with them and make money together mm -hmm. versus, oh, I hope they don't, you know, come in here and change things up. And that's not what we need. I'm like, Yo, I hope you're extremely different from me because juxtaposition is money in this business. And it's, there's easier chances to tell true stories there. It's great to have all these big spots and, this goes back to me loving the NWA and Crockett so much, but having those underlying real storylines where even if they're goofy, if I take the story seriously, like I owned a boy's soul for a while. He fought me and in a, a dark ritual, I owned his soul, Ace Perry. And for two years, I owned his soul. He came back and attacked me and said, I want my soul back. He said, come get it. Me keeping straight laced about the whole thing. You know, I have taken your soul. I control it. It'll be much easier for you to take a big paycheck from a corporation. If you don't have the soul, I'll hold on to it. And the finish is, I keep his soul, but he attacks me in such a way that I give him his soul back. He has earned it. Having such a ridiculous, strange storyline, being taken seriously and having real emotion in it, people get behind it. Because even if it's absurd, 
we are coming in with that. I hey, we believe this with our whole heart. And what comes of it, I'm seeing in book more places now. So yeah, y'all can call me dumb, but I'm trying to make everybody money. It, that reminds me of like the broken stuff that yes. when there's, you know, it's like we're in on the fact that this is absurd and we love every second but he of keeps it. The through line. Yeah. And he gave so many indie guys opportunities yeah. when they were doing those cinematic yeah. maps. Who knew how far ahead of the curve Matt was there because everything was cinematic a year later yeah. out of necessity. Before we get there, yeah. when you do this generic impression of a Southern regular jet. What's the picture in your head? Because like, I got like Tracy Smothers, and I'm like, nope, it's not Tracy Smothers. It's, it's so a re- he's a real person that lives in me. I'm gonna, I'll show you later. It's me in a cowboy hat and a Dale Earnhardt jacket. It's regular Jeff. And the joke is I got asked to do extra work one time, okay? And they said, we can't Up do it. Up in New York? Oh, up in New York. The Federation reached out and said, you want to come do a little job? I said, baby, I'd be happy to be there. I don't need an entrance. I just like to be excited. I'm regular Jeff. And I literally messaged it back and was like, don't worry. I have a generic character. His name is regular Jeff Ronstadt. He wears black trunks and he's excited to be there. And they were like, that'll work. Well, some things came up and I never got down there, but like that character has lived in me forever. And I've heard so many people in locker rooms talk like that guy that like he's always in the back of my mind making fun of whatever I'm having to listen to from these silly old bets. And he's always sort of like going, oh, man, well, why would you even do that? What's the psychology there, son? And I think that guy like keeps me on the right path. Does regular Jeff ever, is he on your Twitch ever? Regular Jeff has come out on my Twitch and... Regular Jeff has recently been immortalized, but I like legally can't talk about it yet. It's fine. But it's incredible. Like I'm because I'm, I'm sold. I, I feel like sold, when I get sold. tired of Effie or when people get tired of Effie, like I've got a good six years of, of regular Jeff stuff. <laughs> I his finish his finish is a is a chin lock and he means it. No one's using the chin lock. Oh, y'all don't know how to use a chin lock if it ain't a finish. Come on. I'm sorry. I just like there's so much of wrestling that amuses me in a silly negative way that like I have to laugh it off because I love the rest of it this is the perfect way to laugh off that mentality is through regular Jeff regular Jeff is always there to kind of therapy channeling regular Jeff forever yeah whenever I hear some dumb carny crap or a bad wrestling opinion I hear it in the voice of regular Jeff I love regular Jeff you know those hot takes you post on social media well now you can win up to five thousand dollars when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of five thousand dollars during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over under And it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash over under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at fanduel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. You're a sports fan. That's why you're listening, of course. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource. The Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they are ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like my guy, Colin Cowherd. You can compare odds from different sports books and you can track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. So as much time as you spend thinking about wrestling and do you have what other do you have other interests that kind of like give you a break from wrestling? Uh, back when I started wrestling, I was working fifty to sixty hours a week running this moving company, and so it was moving company, 
go to the gym, go kiss my boyfriend, go to bed, and then wrestle all weekend, come back Monday. It's horrible. So there was no personal time in like a five or six year span of just running to the wall. And then as I've sort of gotten to Atlanta and been here a while and settled in, like I have found so many more joys again. And just like going inline skating with my boyfriend or taking the dog on a run or like, hey, I think we're going to go sit at the lake and hang out. You know, oh, it's Thursday. We don't care. He works remote. And, you know, I'm at home all day getting to wear myself out all weekend and put everything on the table there. And then coming home and going, I get to take a moment for my joys. Like, everything's my hobby. I'll try anything. Oh, you guys are going, you know, to the batting cage. Sounds great. I don't play baseball. I'll give it a shot. I've really opened up my world to just like have joy and pleasure again after this long period of like stand to the ground, you know, go for it. And when I get to wrestling, I'm not finishing a 50 hour week that has mentally ruined my brain. I'm there and I'm like, Hey, I'm ready to give myself all day. I want to help out where I can. I want to call this stuff in the ring. I want to work backstage. I want to see what you need. And then I want to give the best performance I can because when I get home, I'm going to have a couple hours for me and for my dog and for my family. And that's really magical. It has made me so much healthier this past year. I remember doing interviews or knowing I had an interview when I was just full time going, you know they're going to ask you if you have hobbies. Make up some hobbies because I'm like I don't want to give the answer of like no. If I have a spare minute, I'm doing my laundry while I'm taking a nap, and then yeah, getting up. So yeah, so I was like, come up with some hobbies because I didn't do it. So, but to take those moments, um, have you shot the hooch yet? What does that mean? In Georgia here, we shoot the hooch. It doesn't involve guns. Okay. It involves an inner tube and the Chattahoochee River. Okay. Shooting the hooch. Shoot the hooch. Now, I have not shot the hooch here yet, but mm-hmm. back when I lived in South Carolina, oh, yeah. you could get in at the Riverwalk Zoo, mm-hmm. you could float a bag of Franzia wine, and yeah. you could just tube down that river all day, but you had to hide the Franzia because they had a kayak caught near the zoo. So once you got past, you could float for miles. Oh, you I can love put those claws on its own oh, they don't, too. Oh, yeah? They're, they're good down there? They're fine. Yeah. I think the kayak cops were just like kind of bored. We were just like, we're going to hide our bed. And it was something that was fun, right? Yeah. To get one over on the kayak. Yeah, yeah. We, we snuck it by. We're, we're through the weeds now. And then, so, okay, you've got to do that. I, you, I'm all about that. Do you do baseball at all? I don't like play games of baseball. And I think it's because my brother was an incredible baseball player, like mm-hmm. played all through college. We'll he's, leave that to him. Right? He's an accountant now. And I sat through a lot of baseball games. So like, I love going to a batting cage and just like, let me hit things for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But like when I have to focus and like, if I'm up to bat, wow, I'm excited. Anything else? I don't want to be a part of this. You know? Um, I'm trying to think of other Atlanta, like rites of passage. Honestly, like. one of my favorite things, my, my friends that I, met here that were living in the same building they were like you want to go hang out on the marta and i was like what, are you talking what? About? listen you pay 250 and we just ride all over the place you hang out on the train you see so many weird people you can go all over it is exciting and the marta is way cleaner than people think and way more fun and there are so many characters in and out of that train it's a fun day to just go like we're gonna hang out on the marta and see the only have. time i've done that really is like dragon con weekend yeah because it's a necessity well, yes, it's a necessity to get down there, but then I like watching, you know, people are coming on in costumes. I really, I was sad they didn't have that this year. And they do wrestling stuff at DragonCon too, which is exciting because it's that let loose vibe of like, go be a character. Like, go not be the person you were at the indie promotion last week. Like, oh, you want to dress up as Ric Flair today? Like, go be Ric Flair. He's signing autographs down the hall too. He'll probably see you. It's a cool environment to have those sort of fans who are used to the cosplay and the character in the wild going like, this is this is the same thing in a weird way, and we don't have to be followed and obsessed over by them. We are just entertaining people for that day. They're going to leave the room and not be like, "Oh, the fellow that was, uh, you know, playing the superstar was so incredible. We have to do everything." It was just like we entertain them, and at the core of it, like, isn't that everything? Like, yeah, that they left entertained. Yeah, Dragon Con is a fantasy con in Atlanta, and and I love that they're just like it's a fantasy con. Mm-hmm. They just like widen out that umbrella, which What's is your fantasy? be whatever you want to be. And I, what I love about it is it was always um, like pre-internet or fledgling internet days, where somebody might be very shy, socially awkward, not have a lot of friends, but they have common interests, and then that would be their meeting ground. So a lot of people would meet for the first time, and they feel much more comfortable in a stormtrooper costume or or yeah. whatever it is and like and so 
juxtapose like I would I would go every year but I would wear a, a face covering costume because as not to be yeah you don't want all wrecking. the attention of that and you I'm getting the attention of the costume yeah so people are like and normally like granted it doesn't happen nearly as much now but when I was out you know people stop and take pictures like there is some of that like oh, you forget you're a public figure and then I'm quickly reminded as somebody steps up to the dinner table or, or, or whatever. And yeah. so I'd be like, oh, like a little bit, almost just like, eh, you know, but there, uh, you know, and they're like, can I take your picture? I'm like, you sure can. Yeah. Let's do it. You it's know? a mystery. Yeah. And, and I remember like the, the joy of like, or, you know, the feeling of it being more of a like, okay, I want to give this fan a pleasurable experience. They just met me because that's me. They see yeah. my face. I'm like, okay, sure. Hi. All right. Versus on this, like, yes! love when you I'm like, posing. And creating. Yeah. Like, Whoa, you really went into it with that costume. Yeah. I remember, like, in college, I had some friends that were, I was like, God, you guys are really nerdy. Like, you guys are into really nerdy stuff. And they were like, oh, you should come with us to Dragon Con. We're going to the raves. We're doing this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then you see like what they're getting into. And it's like, it really is this ground of people going, Hey, you know, it doesn't really matter where you came from. We're all here to celebrate the fantasy and celebrate each other. Like we're all from very different walks of life. We don't always party this way, but when we're comfortable around people who are willing to accept us, let's get crazy. And that's awesome. Yeah. It feels so there's a shift with that. And I, I was, I wanted to get your opinion. So like, Dragon Con was, it's been going on forever. It did have a little bit more of an underground presence and then got more mainstream, but it was always like takes all kinds. Like we're all freaks. No, no matter what your avenue of freak is, you're, you're welcome right. here this weekend. But then because people are like, Oh, it's so crazy and fun. Normies would kind of come and then there were fights and then it got a little bit dicey. And so there is something to that, like, all right, we want to broaden the scope of inclusivity and people right. being different and welcoming that and not judging that. But then also it's like, you also want your, your safe haven. Exactly. Too. Yeah. I think it's like, we always put a negativity on gatekeeping and most of the times we're pretty correct. Like gatekeeping is usually not a good thing, but when you're gatekeeping for the necessity of like the safety of yourself, mm -hmm. it's sort of a different thing. It's yeah. sort of a different, you know, build up. Um, I want people to always feel comfortable. And like, even recently, you know, shifting the topic, obviously back to wrestling, I got called a slur at a show. And instead like in of the ring or like, just walking around, like I was in the ring and I don't even know if it was directed at me because I was in a match with other LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. I took the move that I was supposed to take and I looked over and made eye contact with the guy and I said some words that were very threatening. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, I made a whole scene of it and I called him out and I stayed there at the ring and I made him apologize. I explained to people why this was such a problem, why it leads to violence, why there are issues. And I dealt with the situation there. And I'm not saying everyone should have to do that, but if you are able-bodied and if you are, you know, willing to step up and be loud enough, we need those people in these safe havens who are going to go, you know what? They may not want all this confrontation and problem, but when these things arise, we have to stand there. And so, like, I hope there are people in that community that can have that sort of same regard for saying, you know, it doesn't matter if you're attacking me or anyone else in here. If you have a problem with these people being themselves in this environment, we are not going to tolerate it. And I'm not saying that anyone should ever have to fight back, but we have to at least set the precedent of you're not messing with someone lesser because mm -hmm. we are different and we will not tolerate being treated as lesser because we are different and holding that line. Like there's a power to that for others that I felt it before where you're in the ring and you go, I'm a six foot, 200 pound white man with a beard who could break that guy's legs the little girl in the back who feels weird and doesn't know who she is and, you know, feels strange and doesn't fit in here. She's not going to yell back. But if she hears that word and sees my response, at least she knows somebody thinks that's unacceptable. And there are people out there who don't put up with that instead of going like, well, I can't go back there because those people think this, which is not the way it should ever feel. Yeah, I've, I've always advocated that mentality, whether you're an ally or whether you are somebody who is marginalized or talks down to or as lesser than in any position. But I've always said it on the days and moments when you have that strength, because you're not always, like sometimes you're like, yes. I just can't deal with this right now. And it's I'm not less strong or worthy because today I'm going to choose to walk away. Like there's grace in that, too, of knowing that their words come from ignorance like, and I don't have the strength to educate today, you know? Yeah. And we don't have the responsibility always to educate. 
you know, there's, there's no reason we should have to teach everyone everything about us because we are different. But like, I will always feel that sort of like, just because of myself, you know, like, I want, I want to make sure I'm there for it. I want to make sure I'm taking care of these people. And like, you're right. They shouldn't have to have the strength. It's strong enough being yourself and yeah. being in public. Let me waste my energy confronting and dealing with. And yeah. hopefully there's more people who feel that strength to do that and feel that sort of, it is a privilege. Like I'm very privileged to have what I have and to be who I am. And using that in a positive way or in a way that is protective of people that we care about, it's important. It's a big deal. How were your parents when you first came out to them? I think they expected it, but they were weird about it at first because they're mm-hmm. obviously very religious. And well, I, isn't there that Southern thing too of just like, don't ask? Right. Like, I mean, they, about any, anything. Well, like, I have other like relatively distant family members who sort of have kept it to themselves and sort of like have reached out to me now and connected about it mm-hmm. and sort of created that because they were scared. And I don't want that shift anymore. And it was, this is going to sound really harsh and it wasn't as harsh as I make it sound because my mother was pretty quickly on board. My dad was really trying to be supportive, but you know, with their religious background, I mean, it's been there since birth for them, but I sort of set the tone to go. And once again, this is me like doing the strength thing, but I was like, Hey, I have a lot of friends. I am very cool objectively to them. Uh, I have limited time in a day. You can choose to be on board with me. Or you can choose to not hang out with me. And I think, selfishly, you'd be missing out. And I think that woke them up in a way that was like, you're right. We either get on board or we're not going to be hanging out because we feel a certain way. And things have shifted in such a magical way that like, they've been so supportive. And my dad, even the other day, he'll say things in a way that is like, it's Southern and it's silly. But he says, you know, I heard about you on a podcast the other day. And I said, oh, yeah. And he goes, man, they were talking about... What is regular Jeff's voice versus your dad's voice? You know, my dad, if he's lazy, gets a little bit more regular Jeff. And I think you're really (laughs) onto something here. But also, like, I've just been in the South so long, I shift into it sometimes. Especially if I'm tired, I'm going to be, like, real Southern. And, oh, boy, it's coming out of here. He said, they were talking about you on the podcast. And they said, you're a real good wrestler. And they wasn't even talking about that you was gay. They was just talking about you're a real good wrestler. And I was like... Well, thank you, Dad. And he's like, I just thought you should hear that. And in his mind, he's not going like, I need them to say you're a good wrestler before they say that you're a homosexual. He's just like, it's exciting to me that that's not the only thing they see about you, that they recognize your skills beyond that, that it's not just the outwardly loud thing. And I sort of love having that reputation everywhere of like, is he this prissy, silly, shady, mouth-talking, you know, just wants to run his mouth and do little dances and wear pantyhose? And I want you to feel that until you actually have seen me work or been around me or seen what I do, because then I feel like you're going to get a stronger reaction when you're like, oh, man, he, he's working and he's a worker and he's a wrestler. And he tries to kind of divert from the fact that he's a wrestler. Because mm-hmm. to me, like going out and being like, I'm the best wrestler and I'm so good at holds. Like, it's so boring to me and it misses the point. Yeah. But when you like find it in a roundabout way of like, oh, hold up, there's something more than he's telling us here. Mm-hmm. That's magic to me. And that's like... That's the wake up where people really have more grip that I see with my fan base than with other people who are like, well, that was cool. And I love them. They were so good. Like there's a, there's a grip there to where people like feel a certain comfort coming to me or talking to me or getting really personal. And it's because like, they know that I'm publicly telling the world sort of one thing. And as they have come on the inside, they have figured out the real truth, but I want them to have to do that work themselves because it makes it a little more meaningful. Last question. What like in you, not your career. Obviously, career is, is yeah. a big part of you. But would you be most proud to like as somebody's takeaway or that means the most to you when somebody comes up to you? I get this one a lot. And it's Pride Month right now. So it's pretty on topic. But like the amount of people, even people who I've met multiple times who like finally come up to me and they're like, you know, I felt comfortable finally being myself or coming out or being honest with my friends about who I was. Or I even told one friend mm-hmm. and it felt so good. Those little moments are incredible because like, I'm not just being so loud about being gay because it's all I want to talk about. I'm being so loud about everyone in our community because they shouldn't have to be as loud. Mm -hmm. If I can stand up front and take the heat and be the asshole and oh, is Effie running his mouth again? Is he saying Vince has only ever had three ideas in his life? Is he being mean? Is he being shady? At the end of the day, let me take all the heat so that when you go out, 
you don't have to rely on all of your gay. You don't have to make everything about you that you're a queer person, that you're bisexual, that you have uh, have dealt with gender dysphoria. You can do it and just be a performer because I've already cut the trees down and made yeah. a path being just a loud ass homosexual in the corner. And so to see that it hits people on a real level, when I know I'm running my mouth for a reason, it's awesome and it's real. And it's like, you get those private moments of like, hey, I know you're just a wrestler and a performer, but you listen to me and I do. And I want to hear what these people have to say. It's been really awesome. And it's like, it just, it lifts you up. Like after a weekend of meeting people and like you have those moments, it's like, yo, like these are real people who took the time out of their day. Mm -hmm. I think about the concept of leaving your couch. Everyone has Hulu and Netflix and HBO Max. We've shown this past year you can sustain inside your house. And now I'm saying I need you to not only pay me money, but leave your house, get here somehow, sit for three or four hours, Mm -hmm. then drive home. It is a big ask of people. And for them to be as dedicated as they are, especially during a pandemic, especially as we are entering sort of an open territory it's magic. And it's important that we change the mentality of like, oh, yeah, the rest of the fans will show up. The marks will be there. It's like these people are supporting us through the thinnest times and are back. And we are giving them so much. We we need to give them so much. And I'm not saying give yourself until you're gone, but give them what they've paid for and give them what they came for because they are here because they want to see you do what you do. You touched on something in, in closing that I, I answer a lot in the same way when they talk about what my role is, as far as it, women in the business was and where do we go from here? And I think that you're an integral part of where do we go from from here with other trans people, uh, gay, lesbian, you know, yeah. like I want it to be where, yeah, no one's being mentioned, their sexual orientation as a footnote on their right. wrestling match. And like, that's where I was like, no, it's not the first ever four women, this four women, it's like, no. Good matches, like, yeah, you know, or like, wrestling, I like entertaining this wrestling. wrestler, not like this. What gay wrestlers do you like? What trans wrestlers? Like, who are yeah. your wrestlers? Like, or when people like, say, what are the dream matches? They're not going like, we have to put the women together. We have to put the black people together. We have to put the LGBT. They're going like, how crazy would it be to see someone like Dark Sheik from Hood Slam go up against someone like Chris Dickinson, who's in New Japan? And there's not the mention of like the gender or the change or the style or... Yeah. It's just like, these are two incredible athletes and entertainers. And to see their skills clash, it would be incredible. I love that vibe. And I hope we continue to sort of open that path. And this weekend alone, the amount of people coming up saying, this is my first wrestling show. This is my first GCW show. This is my first time seeing anything like this. And you're going, we're just scratching the surface. And the second we stop getting so in our heads about wrestling... And it's why I try to push so many buttons. And it's why I try to be so loud because there are people who need this and who would love this, who would enjoy this. We have not given them the path to find us. We've not made it easy. And we have expected them to have historical reference for the past 50 years to be a valid fan of what we're doing. Throw it out the window. We are here to give the people a show and to give them drama and give them truth. And I'm like ready to go. Thank you for your time. And also, I'm, wait, thank I'm you. running one more thing. Here, okay, Ms. go ahead. Amy, Sorry, I'll close after. You that. mentioned it very briefly, the wrestling is gay. Thing. Mm-hmm. And this is like the most exciting thing I've been excited about it forever. Tell me. One of my best friends from college was laid off. And he came to me genuinely and he said, I said to you, I would never work for you ever in your life because you're crazy and you just ramble and expect me to understand what you're talking about. But I'm really good at graphic design. I have no job. What can we do? I, I saw this picture of the statues. I said, wrestling is so gay. And I love it. It was like, that's a concept. Well, since then, like we've done three drops. I'm shipping the rest of the drop probably the, tonight. And we've raised over $4,000 for an Atlanta-based LGBTQ homeless youth center. Um, and they're giving job placement and skills and helping people get education and helping people get out of homelessness. And there's so much that we can do with wrestling and the silliness of it that is like real life applicable mm-hmm. and seeing that like it has nothing really to do with that beyond it being a silly phrase that I came up with and seeing that like we've been able to put real money back into stuff. I'm so excited. And then like with the meetings I've recently had, like it's only going to expand more because the limitation of wrestling is gay right now, which the website is wrestling is dot gay uh, <laughs> because it is. And I love it. But What we're looking at now is, hey, what's the weak link about wrestling is gay? Well, it's me because I'm still shipping all these orders. I'm still packaging everything myself. I'm still ordering every piece of product. And like, it doesn't make sense to be 
delayed four days because I have shows going on and like, we're working towards that next level of like, how can we do even more? How can we give back more even to the wrestling community? I mean, we sponsored the women's show for the 24 hour block with some of the earnings of that. How can we use this silly wrestling stuff to really put it back into wrestling and put it back into the community and put our money where our mouth is to make the difference? And so like, I think over the next year, people are going to see so much more from us. And even beyond it being just closed, seeing how wrestling is gay builds into you know, live event spaces and growing in that way. I'm super pumped to see where we take it. And your is your big gay brunch adjacent to wrestling? Oh, is gay? Yes, is absolutely. It's it's all there's a lot going on, Amy. I'm very excited. The big gay brunches have been so exciting because you know the first one's canceled, and the second one it's right after speaking out. I'm sitting here going, if I would have run my show, I would have had to just get rid of it completely. There were so many people on there that would have been a mess, and it wasn't really people from our community. It was me going, oh, well, we need the cloud of wrestlers <laughs> that people already know. But when it came to October, I said, Brett, I'm only booking people I know personally, who I know their actual human name, who I've spent time with as friends. And then you put all your friends on the shows and they get over and do so well because they're in an environment where they're being told, literally be yourself. I love what you do. It's already changed part of indie wrestling because I see my friends now booked in so many more places and with so many opportunities. It's magic. Like we are forcing the issue by being good and showing up and making it happen. And to have the reasoning be like, I don't trust anyone in this business except whose house I've been to and who I know, have that be a success is like, it's heartwarming and it's awesome. I love what you're doing. Just first of all, following your passion, like that makes for I'm the best. I'm so fired up all the time. Life. <laughs> um, but then also what it will do for others in the future and bridging that gap between being a eccentric that you're like, oh, I can hide behind the fact that it's wrestling or I can tell only people that I think I know are safe versus to where we are getting and where you're helping propel things. Yeah. It's so important. And there's a whole team of, you know, people that are out there that are queer content creators that are helping. You know, I don't ever want to take like full credit for anything, but like I will still go gung ho to the wall whether people are with me or not. Like let's go. I'm I'm ready for all of Thanks so much. And where can we find you? How can we support you? So back in the day, all my handles on Twitter were Kill Effie, which sounds a little harsh, right? Mm -hmm. Like Kill Effie, because the challenge was nobody could. And after a certain amount of time, I shifted. And now everything is Effie Lives. Mm -hmm. So my Twitch is Effie Lives. My Twitter is Effie Lives. Instagram is Effie Lives. I think even the Facebook is Effie Lives. And my Pro Wrestling Tees is Effie Lives. It's all Effie Lives. No one's been able to take me out yet. So... Hopefully it stays Effie Lives and doesn't become the D, Effie so, Lives. So easy. All right. So just type in Effie Lives. Yeah. And um, you seem really interactive with your fans. So if oh, you yeah. have questions, um, you're most likely going to get a response, right? Always. It takes me a second sometimes. You can even be but... mean. We've talked about Oh, yeah. I'll respond <laughs> to the mean ones. Get a response there. Yeah. I won't block you either. I only mute because I still want you to have to look at me. This has been Oral Sessions. I'm Amy Dumas. This is just Effie Lives, just a blanket. Any platform, you can find Effie there. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere you catch your podcasts. 